Welcome. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today in studio, I have with me David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center. Thank you for being here today. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Um, I did want to remind our listeners before we get into our very important topic about shopping, I wanted to remind them about the National Prescription Drug Take Back Day. As you all probably know, having listened to the show in the past, that the Drug Enforcement Agency, in cooperation with your local law enforcement agencies, arrange for these national take-back days every few months, a couple of times a year. And the next one coming up is October 28th at 10 a.m. They usually run from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And while you're going through the closets and while you're cleaning up things and trying to find the Halloween costumes, please don't forget to go into your medicine cabinet, into the area of your kitchen where you keep your old cough medicine and your old vitamins, and go through and look and find all the expired vitamins, supplements, prescriptions, things that you're no longer taking, things that you've changed the doses on. This does not have to just be the addictive medications, although those especially need to come out of there. But um, throw them in a, a bag, and if you'd like, you can pull the labels off of the bottles, or you can take a black magic marker and cross out the names and then the doctor's numbers and pharmacy numbers if you would like and take them to the locations that you can find by going to takebackday.gov you can look at that on your um, on your Google and you can go ahead and Google it everybody's laughing at me look on your Google um, you can find uh, the locations near you within um a 10-mile, 20-mile, 50-mile radius. And so you put your name and your zip code on uh, and find the local site. Actually, you don't put your name. You put just your zip code, and they will find you a take-back drop-off destination. This does a number of things. First of all, it helps make sure that the most common source of Drugs that are used recreationally by our young children, our adolescents, and our young adults are removed from that opportunity. Studies have shown very clearly that the vast majority of prescription drugs that are misused are not sold to people by drug dealers. They're taken or given to someone by a family member or a friend. So remove the temptation, remove the source, clean this out. Also, it makes sure that these drugs um, and medications are disposed of safely in a way that does not contaminate our environment, pollute our streams, or cause uh, a problem with animals that may get into your garbage and try and eat the old prescriptions. So, good idea. The DEA does this. This is a safe and sane way to make sure that not only our homes are safe, but our environment is safe. So, takebackday.gov, and you can find your nearest um, drop-off collection center, and you can do a good thing for your own family members and friends, and uh, and and clean up on October 28th at 10 a.m. 
that's a real important thing for all of us to think about, not only safely storing our medications, but safely disposing of them. And this is an opportunity to make sure that happens. So encourage you to do that. Now, now for the real story. Shopping. Shopping. Shopping, shopping, shopping. You know, at, um, at the Atlanta Healing Center, our, our main focus is on chemical dependency. And the next thing that we see most tends to be food, um, so some other kind of intake type thing. And we don't find ourselves dealing with a lot of, of shopping um, addiction head on. Right. But we'll start hearing about it from our, our patients when um, when they've been absent, abstinent for a while. So we'll start hearing about shopping addiction as kind of a transference of a new way to get their feelings out, taken care of. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to deal with these things. I'm just going to just start spending as, as one of the areas that we'll see at surface. But the other area that we see at surface quite a bit actually is in family members. And, and we'll have spouses or parents that are... Um, overwhelmed with anger and overwhelmed with fear with their loved one dealing with chemical dependency and they're getting relief for their feelings by going to Walmart or going to Costco or going online and doing a lot of shopping um, which is we in fact had this as an issue in group today um, where uh, families are dealing with I'm trying to get sober and I'm trying to figure out how to pay for treatment and my wife is spending all this money so it's something that comes up as, as a peripheral issue, um, but what made me really start thinking about it as something we need to address with this season is um, um, at the Atlanta Healing Center, we always do a Halloween party to kick off the beginning of the holiday season and helping our patients really recognize all the triggers they're going to be facing in the next three months. October, November, December is a time when People are offering drinks and saying, come over to our house. We're having a gathering for Thanksgiving, for Christmas. And we really focus with our patients on how to say no to invitations, how to manage when other people are drinking around you, and how to how to um, deal with the, the triggers for chemical dependency. Um, and, and so as we're getting ready for our own holiday party, I'm, I'm walking my dogs down the street, and I'm noticing all of the houses that are now decorated for Halloween. Right. I remember a few years ago, you would walk down the street, and there would be maybe some skeletons, maybe some tombstones. But now you go down the street, and there are orange lights hung up. There's huge spiders with spotlights on the spiders, and there's witches down the street. There's there's a cauldron with three witches, and it's cackling, and it's doing the lines from Shakespeare. Um, um, <laughs> Just enough that it actually scares my dogs to go past this house <laughs> when we're walking. And and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking now, the way our society just just grabs a hold of something and starts building up that we got to spend this, we've got to compete with our neighbors and have all of these different things um, um, is, is amazing. And so it's, you know, I guess it's helping our community. But for our people in recovery who are, are having issues with being able to, to say no... Um, there, there's a lot of a lot of triggers, beginning with the October and going through the end of the year, to trigger not only chemical dependency but also the spending addictions. Well, and the food addictions. And the food addictions. Because everywhere you go has a bowl of Halloween candy out with 
you know, chocolates and mini chocolates and good, good, all the good, good stuff. stuff that you want about ten of. <laughs> and they're the the fun size, right? Which means they don't really have any calories exactly. in them, so you can have five or six, and it doesn't really count. Right. So that's always convenient too. Mm-hmm. And with you know with eating disorders and with food addictions and with shopping addictions. These are both areas that people have to figure out some way to manage. Right. They have to be able to still eat, um, and they have to be able to still spend. I mean, there's very few people who can just absolutely say, okay, no more spending, and somebody else has to manage all my money, because it's just not a realistic way to live life. And, and most people, even if they can do that for a short period of time, and that's sometimes even suggested for folks in early recovery from uh substances from chemicals is having cash in your pocket is a dangerous thing so often they'll have a a trusted loved one or friend here's my paycheck help me pay the bills i don't want to have any cash i'm going to take my lunch to work i'm going to do these things so that i won't have cash on me or i won't have access to money that might get my mind thinking about using drugs or alcohol so we, we do sometimes suggest that, but that's not a long-term realistic thing. People have to learn how to, to manage their money. And it's real easy, as you say, well, easy is not the correct word. It's really clear when you're using drugs or you're not using drugs. You may tell a story to somebody. You may tell a story to yourself, but in your heart of hearts and in your urine drug test, we are able to tell that, yes, you have been using drugs or no, you have not. But with some of the behavioral addictions, of which shopping and eating are two very common, this is a much trickier, slippery slope. Because, as you say, David, people have to have money. They have to pay their bills. They have to go shopping. And so you have to think about that. And we're going to spend some time today talking about the difference between healthy shopping and shopping that is mood-altering. And the same with eating. And and the other thing, when you were talking about money – I think, you know, long ago when, when I first was getting sober, that, that whole idea that if you didn't have cash, it was you were much safer. But at that time, you know, you wouldn't go to a Starbucks. They didn't even have Starbucks then, but um, you wouldn't go to a coffee shop and write a check or you wouldn't. But nowadays with, you know, pay, you know, you have a pay app on your phone, you have a, a debit card and every single place in the world takes it and they don't care if it's two dollars or two thousand dollars you know so spending is a a, is is much easier yeah our society wants to make it really easy for you to part with your money yes so any kind of way that that they can have you just go ahead and send the money into their their thing is is set up for the ease of keeping our society financially moving but it's also a, a real trigger and setup for people who are trying to learn how to live with feelings and and not just transfer f- their their addiction from chemical use to spending. So it's a challenge. I think the other thing um, that is really interesting to me as I was going to a store, which I don't really like to do, but I actually had to go to a store the other day. 
and I'm walking through the store, and this was about two weeks ago, and the mid-October, and I'm looking around, and there are the Christmas holiday decorations out already. Mm-hmm. Already there are notices coming into my inbox and showing up on my online searches reminding me about Christmas sales and holiday sales and gift giving and all of these kinds of things are now adding to the temptation of now I've got to think about now I've got to start spending now I've got to start buying and making it really difficult for people that may have this kind of compulsive spending or compulsive buying disorder it's not just that you've got to make a conscious effort to go in the store now. As you say, they, we've made it very easy in our society to part with our money. We've also made it very easy in our society to be able to continue to be reminded about Perfect. things that we might have shopped for or looked at or um or Googled online, and suddenly now these reminders are popping up to remind us to buy. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about, again, this compulsion to shop and how that fits in with the addictive disorders and why this time of year is particularly difficult. Please stay tuned. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction, and I'm Dr. Susan Blank. Today in studio with me, I have David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. We're talking about shopping addiction. Some people call it compulsive buying addiction. Some of them call it shopaholism or that you're a shopaholic. There are many different terms. And uh, and a few different 12-step um, meetings that, that it, there's Debt Spenders Anonymous mm-hmm. and there's Gamblers Anonymous, which is another aspect of this, and, and um, um, Compulsive Shoppers Anonymous. So a few different anonymous programs have, have mm-hmm. sprung up um, addressing different kind of d- dynamics related to people with shopping addictions. Um, so it's, it's interesting, actually, when you really stop and look at what's going on for a person in terms of how it really fulfills that addiction mm-hmm. component. Um, typically, they have that building up of stress, that anxiety of either relationship issues or job issues or something that's causing them to really feel uncomfortable feelings. Mm-hmm. Or they're bored. Or they're bored, mm-hmm. an uncomfortable feeling that we really spend a lot of time with addicts on helping them get comfortable with being in your skin um, and then they've made this connection with if I go out and I spend and I hear the ching of the cash register or the click of the sale and it's they, they get a bit of a reward from it mm-hmm. um, um, they talk about it being another dopamine and, and adrenaline thing um, and then it tends to be followed by this guilt real after and, and regret of I've spent this money again. I shouldn't have spent it. Um, I have to keep this a secret because what if so-and-so sees it and, and I wasn't supposed to spend this money? So it it begins to really get in that same addictive cycle just with spending. And it's often done alone. Certainly there are people that go out with their friends or family members and they window shop and they impulsively buy. They see something that catches their eye. They're... Uh, among friends, and it's um, they're looking for a, a, a clothes for an occasion, or they're shopping for the holidays. That's not quite what we're talking about here. Right. And we all have buyer's regret that happen when, oh, I thought this was a good idea. I get it home. Not so much. Uh, we all probably have had that kind of experience where something looks like a really good deal and so we we buy it we weren't looking for it necessarily we weren't planning for it but um the kind of mood altering behavior that you're talking about and then the secrets are again very much a part of what we see with addictive behavior which is usually done in isolation usually done as a way to help change how you're feeling and often followed by the need to keep that a secret, to not let people know that you've done it, which involves then feelings of guilt and shame about having engaged in the behavior, which then makes you feel bad, which then makes you want to go and engage in the behavior again. So this is different than that impulsive buying that that probably most people can relate to. This is a whole nother level of phenomenon. Years ago, I worked with a lady that um, she was a manager, so she had an office, and I was I was in college. Um, her office was stacked to the, I mean, just literally there were boxes and packages stacked to the ceiling 
of stuff that she had purchased on QVC or, or the shopping network back then because the internet wasn't really out. Um, but she would she would have all this stuff and she would have it sent to the, to her office so that her husband wouldn't find out that she was doing all this stuff. And it just was almost like she was a hoarder, you know. And she would have to figure out ways to get it sent back or sneak it into the house or... I mean, yeah, and that was weird. definitely a dynamic we saw before the internet shopping came along and, and the, the QVC, shop, QVC shopping where um, people would would be doing um, all of this compulsive buying. Late night shopping. Late night compulsive buying Buy and themselves. then trying to figure out ways to hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we look at with addiction, we often look at the consequences that go with it. And one of the big ones is is conflicts and relationships because of trying to hide it um frequently what you hear about is that they'll they'll say hey i have to go to the store and pick up milk and they'll come home and they'll have the milk but they'll also have hidden this five other items that they bought that they just can't talk about having purchased and so when we talk about as you say the consequences one of the consequences, in addition to the struggles within the relationship, there's often significant financial consequences. We know this is very true with the compulsive gambling, and that is one of the, the difficulties that people can find themselves in very quickly is the financial one. But often people who compulsively buy are not going to the dollar store, mm-hmm. although sometimes they do, and they can be happy... Uh, buying multiple bags of low well, and, cost and items. That's actually what you what you hear about in terms of some of the ways they've tried to control it. Right. They'll they'll only shop at the dollar store, or they'll only shop at flea markets or antique things, and they'll have that same. Their house will be filled up with um, all of these things that the other people would be throwing out because that's where they're trying to control their shopping, not going to malls, not going online, and they're still having to fill that need. Well, and I, I keep coming back to the the changes in technology today make it so much harder for a person to navigate with with one of these, you know, like a disorder with shopping or a disorder with the Internet or, or whatever, because everybody has to use basically the computer at some point. Sure. And you cannot go online today without getting hit with 17 things that you either looked at at one point or thought about or somehow the 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 makers know what you're they're targeting you and um it's sort of like people with eating disorders um they have to eat so if you're an overeater you can't just say okay i'm going to completely stay away from food for you know i have to eat some so then it starts that mm-hmm. that cycle and it might be that they stay away from from white flour and they stay away from sugar um, and and they're able to manage their their eating in a healthy way as long as they do that. Um, but sometimes it's a matter of they just absolutely have to um, recognize that they're powerless over the compulsion to eat, and they've got to get out and use the support system that we recommend for for everyone else for right. learning how to deal with those feelings. And and the abstinence, you know, that's what I'm going for. Is is there are certain things that you know, alcohol, drugs, the abstinence, but. That's uh, very clear. It's that, very clear. It's very clear what abstinence means in those cl- cases. Right, but with these other compulsions, other other areas, 
there's so many slippery slopes because of the fact that you have to participate in some of it. Correct. It was interesting to me that as we were looking at different information for this show, because um, generally at, at in my background, it's been looking at shopping addiction as a component of or as a relationship to. So it's not been a focus specifically on shopping addiction. But when you look at it, there are, are a lot of different categories um, that that um, people experience. The one that really struck me was the collector. There's there's people who who um, they'll start a collection and they won't be able to to have a sense of calmness if they know that there's been a new one released for <laughs> that collection, or if they know that they've got eight out of a ten collection, or if Are it's you a, talking about iPhones. No, <laughs> it could be that Apple is doing that with their coming out with that next iPhone. But I'm thinking actually more, especially like like Christmas ornaments. Right. If there's a series that's mm-hmm. been going on for a number of years and they have missed one in that series, that will create an anxiety for them, and they'll end up finding five different other trying to fix that need because they can't fulfill it with that one particular. So the the, the dynamic of the collectors I thought was amazingly interesting and and sort of relate to it a little bit. <laughs> I had to pull back and think, now I could find myself in that category a little bit. Well, again, and I think there are things that we like. There are hobbies and activities that we enjoy you know we may follow a sports team and we want to have the latest jersey or we may have the um the christmas ornament of the year there are there's normal behavior Mm -hmm. although maybe excessive and maybe not someone else's cup of tea but then there is the compulsive behavior, the behavior that continues in spite of consequences. So when the person has now filled up their entire house with the collectibles, or when the person is now spending money they don't have, going into debt, when they're borrowing money from friends or family members, when they are doing it in a way that begins to impact their relationships, so their spouse is concerned about the amount of money or space that is being taken up uh, by this collecting. And the person can't have a reasonable conversation and say, okay, you're right, I'm sorry, I've gone too far, let's, let's deal with this. But instead it now goes underground. Or they are able to have that conversation and they make these promises Mm-hmm. They can't keep. But they can't live it because then they, like you say, go underground and they continue to do that shopping and they start storing the items mm-hmm. at different locations. Or buying them, having them delivered somewhere else to mm-hmm. another friend's house or family members or at work, trying to do the recycle game, buy it and then take it back, exchange it, send it back. These kinds of things, these kinds of behaviors uh, create, again, those unhealthy, unpleasant feelings of guilt and shame, and I'm a bad person, and I do terrible things, that keeps them stuck. And the secrets that they have to keep around them are, are part of the difficulty. So the behaviors, because they are behavioral addictions, and because... To a point, they're 
maybe not entirely normal, but somewhat expected. You have to use the computer. You have to go to the grocery store. You have to buy Christmas presents. You have to do some of these things. It, it becomes really difficult, <laughs> both for the person who is struggling, for their family members, and for the treating clinicians to know exactly when this is crossed a line, when this is expected stress-relieving behavior, and when this truly is part of the uh, disease that we know of as addiction. It becomes a little bit tricky. When we come back, we're going to talk about some questions that you may ask yourself to see if you have a shopping addiction. We'll be right back. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and this is America's Web Radio. With me are Michael Daly and David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center, and we're talking about shopping addiction. I did want to, however, remind all of our listeners about the Drug Enforcement Agency's National Take Back Day. Taking back meaning taking back of old and used prescriptions and over-the-counter medications that are used or expired. We wanted to remind you that October 28th, that's on Saturday from 2 o'clock on, you're able to remove from your home these unnecessary, unwanted, and potentially even dangerous substances and have them safely and appropriately destroyed. 
So you can go online to www.takebackday.gov, G-O-V, and be able to find, by putting in your zip code, your nearest locations and be able to safely and appropriately dispose of these unwanted and unneeded medications. Also wanted to remind all of our alumni of the Atlanta Healing Center and all of our family members of the Atlanta Healing Center to join us on Wednesday evening on October 25th for our annual Halloween costume party that starts at 5 p.m. in the afternoon and as you know there will be prizes for the best costume and if you forget your costume not to worry we will have costumes and we will dress you so please do come and uh, help us celebrate our fifth anniversary and meet up with uh, friends and loved ones that you have met through the years. We're talking about shopping addiction. And um, there are a couple of types of shopping addiction. So there's the, the one that we mentioned already. There's the, um, the collector. The collector. That absolutely has to have every item that's in a collection mm-hmm. and will have a lot of uncomfortable feelings if they learn of, of items that they don't yet have. There's another, um, there's a bench type where they can be pretty comfortable and regular at doing their spending. Um, they can do their regular shopping and, and whatever they need budget. to buy, mm-hmm. stay on a budget. But then when when something happens, um, some typically a stressful relationship or some some problem with a loved one, in order to manage that uncomfortable feeling, they will go to um, a store and just com- compulsively fill up a shopping cart and buy everything in sight. And they'll... they'll get the, the releases and the reward that comes from just feeling like they have their carefree and they can buy whatever they want. And again, they'll be, that'll be followed with the remorse and the buyer and the guilt and the either returning or the hiding and, and back into the, the, those behaviors. Um, and then there's just the, the standard compulsive buying. Um, the, and, and it's actually talked about as, as an OCD type situation, mm-hmm. combining, combining, com- the, Buying compulsion disorder um, is is how it's often talked about, and it's having that compulsion and just not being able to say no to themselves. So those um, those are the types, and some questions that you might want to ask yourself to see if you too might be suffering from uh, or need to look at your buying and your spending habits. One that was really interesting to me was buying items on a credit that you probably wouldn't pay for with cash. That uh, if you find yourself feeling that credit is sort of free money, and I don't have to worry about that today, and I don't have to have the money right now to cover this purchase, that if you find yourself buying things on credit that you wouldn't pay cash for, you might have a spending problem. So another one that comes up is um, when you're finding yourself uh, purchasing things that you don't need or didn't plan on buying. So it's that compulsive shopping that I'm sure everybody relates to. And it's not that if you relate to one or two of the items that we're about to mention. But if you're finding yourself making a lot of check marks, then certainly it's something to, to bear in mind. Feeling lost without credit cards. 
I know this is one of the ways that folks sometimes will try and manage their uh, their spending, and that would be to only use a debit card and to not have credit cards with them. Some people I've heard of taking their credit cards and freezing them in a, um, a glass of water in the uh, in the freezer. So they haven't completely destroyed them in case there's an emergency and they had to buy a plane ticket because a family member was ill or something like that. So they haven't completely gotten rid of it, but they're not carrying it around. Uh, but having this feeling that if you don't have your credit cards, you're really not comfortable and that you're quite anxious and struggling with not having your credit card and experiencing something that we would refer to as withdrawal symptoms yes. with any other disease mm-hmm. another sign would be if you have unopened or still tagged items hanging in your closet like several of them or several pairs of shoes that are still in the boxes that have never been never worn. been worn that's kind of a the office full of all these packages yes <laughs> that have never been that opened. have never been opened right not even really remembering what was in there. Um, when it moves on into consequences, if you're finding yourself having a lot of arguments or or frustrations that are that are creating feelings that you're managing those feelings by going shopping, that is a big red flag. If you're noticing you're managing feelings by heading to the store or going online. Or having the arguments because you are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can work either way, using the shopping to manage your feelings, or when you're shopping, you're now creating these arguments and these difficult situations with loved ones who have a vested interest in you probably not spending all the money in the account. And, and that's another one that we so clearly see when we're talking to addicts chemical dependency people because it is such a common dynamic to um, pick a fight with your loved one as a means of getting out of the house so that you can go use Um, and it sets that same dynamic where you're picking you're in this argument so that you can then go shop so we talk we talk about drinking at someone that i'm mad at you so i'm going to go and drink and i'll show you Mm -hmm. uh, that you can't control me i'm going to drink it's the same kind of thing. I'm shopping at you. I'm and, and mad, and so I'm going to let you know by shopping. And spouses of alcoholics will own that one um, in a in a set, like in an Al-Anon meeting or in a, a family group. That is one that they can own. Um, but in that scenario, they are keeping it directly connected to their alcoholic's behavior. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about the, the compulsive spender, it's because of their own disorder. And just like with the disease of addiction, people feeling euphoria, actually getting a high, getting a rush from spending, there's a, a collateral or a component disorder that we see in folks who have the disease of addiction that um, is called uh, you know, shoplifting, that some of our folks will not get so much of a thrill or so much of a dopamine release from 
spending money and buying things, they have to up the ante. And that's one of the things that we always know happens when people have the disease of addiction. It's called tolerance, and you have to keep doing something more extreme. So if you're watching pornography, now you have to go to more extreme types of pornography, or now you have to do it at work, or you have to do it while the family's in the other room. Um, You have to make it more dangerous, make it more risky. So sometimes if the spending itself isn't enough, we'll see people stealing not stealing because they have no food uh, and they've got to feed their family, uh, les miserables kind of stealing, but stealing things that they don't need, stealing from a store or from a a friend's house or um, a neighborhood party, stealing something that they actually would have the money in their purse or their wallet that they could buy it, And certainly stealing things that they often don't need at all, don't even want. But the thrill is in the stealing, and that's what gives them that dopamine rush, that feeling of pleasure. It's um, sometimes talked about as as learned accidentally with chemical dependency where um, somebody will get a prescription for, like they're going to have dental work and they get a prescription for pain, and suddenly they learn, oh, this gives me energy and I can Mm -hmm. go get a lot more done. And their brain just kind of learns, this pill um, does a whole lot more than just treat pain. You'll You'll hear people talking about getting home and realizing they didn't pay for something. And then they'll get a bit of a rush of, oh, wow, I, I stole that and I got away with that as one of their early stories before they've become full-fledged into the compulsion of, of kleptomania. Well, and oftentimes you hear, I mean, how many times do we hear of a, a celebrity or somebody famous that gets um, stopped for shoplifting? When, when they're very, very wealthy, they have everything in the world, but they want to... Um, you know, pick up that item to see if they can get away with it for the rush. And then you'll you'll hear that same famous person go to court because, you know, we get to hear all of the news nowadays on, right. on, on our television. So they'll go to court and the judge will send them to probation. And within a month, you'll hear them being arrested again for another shoplifting charge. And and you'll see that exact same dynamic where um, where people will go home and they've got five of the same item because they can compulsively keep having to go by even though they've already got that they just keep doing the same thing right so as we tell our patients over and over again your problem isn't with heroin your problem isn't with shopping your problem isn't with stealing your problem is with your brain you have a brain disease you have an abnormal um, situation in your brain related to your dopamine system And it can move around, it can change, but one of the things that we know is that people continue to do it in spite of consequences. And that is the the simple, uh, very abridged definition of addiction is continued behavior in spite of consequences. And and we see that, and, and we see it over and over again. And as you said, with celebrities, we see time and time again um, and it's not just with celebrities but they're the ones we hear about they're the ones that make it to the front page of the paper 
But what we do know is this happens over and over again with our patients as well, that they will have multiple charges for shoplifting or for stealing or for card theft. Uh, and all, not all of them are related to, I needed money for drugs, I was being blackmailed, some other kind of, okay, well, maybe I wouldn't do this, but I can understand how somebody might. This is purely out of the disease of addiction. And, and you know, you'll hear those same celebrities who've made millions and millions of dollars in bankruptcy court because of spending addiction. Because of spending. Higher dollar amounts. Higher. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how do you work with someone who has this disorder and what are the options. Thanks for listening. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings for Medicine on Call and participate in a lively conversation. Learn what's happening behind the headlines in medicine. Understand Obamacare and learn how to protect yourself and navigate the system. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and this is America's Web Radio. Today, Michael Daly and David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center and I are talking about shopping addiction, which is one of the manifestations of the disease of addiction. Many times we see folks coming into treatment for substance use. Uh, They're using... um, pretty heavy-duty substances that have gotten the attention of themselves, their loved ones, the courts, other 
other kinds of uh, unfortunate situations have and events have happened. But very often, we also find that in addition to chemical um, addictions or chemical uh, chemicals that they use, that they consume, that release dopamine, they also have a variety of behavioral addictions. Some of them are pretty prominent. Some of them greatly preceded their use of chemicals that they don't always notice. And sometimes they develop after they've stopped using their substance as a way to continue to try and cope with stressful situations or change how they feel, deal with boredom or or cravings for substances. And at this time of year, as we're trying to help prepare our patients for the holiday parties, the holiday eating, the drinking, we also have to be really conscious of this risk of compulsive shopping because this time of year we're often asked to get... um, gifts for loved ones, uh, bring food and um, other kinds of gifts to parties. Uh, So it's everywhere, and our internets and our telephones and our newspapers, our televisions, everything that we're exposed to, uh, just going to our mailbox, we are now being tempted to buy something. Right. And that insecurity that that people in addiction have that other people are going to judge them or other people are thinking about them with alcoholics this time of year they have they have real fear and anxiety about how do i go to this function and order a glass of water or stand there with a sprite and everybody else is having drinks and they have a real sincere fear of people are going to look at them and think there's something wrong with shopping, if they don't show up with the right host of gift, if they don't have all of the right Halloween decorations out in front Apparently. of their house, <laughs> they they're, have a sincere concern that people are going to judge them. So I, I think the, the first place that we start with any addiction is that people have got to self-identify. Um, um, I actually like the way you phrase it, that they have got to self-diagnose. Right. I have addiction. And really stop and look at what that really, really means. And look at how it might apply to things other than drugs or alcohol. Are there other ways in which addiction is manifesting itself in their lives? Is it manifesting itself in their exercise? Is it manifesting itself in how they're eating and how they're dealing with um, relationships? Is it manifesting itself in shopping? And if this does really fit some of the questions that we've asked today, do you find yourself, is this your experience, then you really may have a problem. So as you say, thinking about it and asking your, asking the questions and self-diagnosing is really important. Um, the next one, realizing that they just cannot fix this by themselves, this is a brain disease. And so when you try to fix a brain disease by yourself, you really... Um, it, it just doesn't work. You've got to have some outside support. And so for shopping, we we mentioned the 12-step meetings earlier that there's Debt Spenders Anonymous, Compulsive Spenders Anonymous, um, or you may want to s- seek help with a therapist or even going to um, um, Celebrate Recovery or an AA meeting, even though the focus isn't on spending, 
the recovery process would still um, would still work. Often reaching out to a clergy member, uh, to your physician, to a trusted family member or friend can also be a way to try and sort out what is that unfortunate impulse buy that we have some regrets about versus is this truly what we're talking about in terms of compulsive spending is often really helpful. Talking about it first and then reaching out and trying to get some support for it, very important. Breaking the silence. Um, one thing we say to, to alcoholics and addicts when they're going to a holiday party is don't go it alone. Take somebody with you who is also sober, who knows you're in recovery, that you can look at and make eye contact with and just communicate that you're stressed out and it's probably time to leave. Um, so so with the spending, you have, to, you have to have people in your life that you can break the silence with. Um, with whatever the tension is, but also with the difficulties you have with managing your spending. And just as we talk about recognizing your triggers and your dangerous situations, your people, places, and things that may put you at risk for relapsing to your drug or alcohol of choice, we also have to think about that in terms of what are the triggers, what are the situations, who are the people that in your life might make it more likely that you're going to go spend? Where are the stores that you might, at least for the time being, try and avoid? What are the ways in which you get sucked in from the environment? Mm-hmm. But then also, what are the feeling states? Is it when I'm tired? Is it when I'm bored? Is it when I'm angry at somebody? Is it when I, my feelings have been hurt or my self-esteem is low? Is it when I'm lonely? What is the feeling state that I'm usually in when I have this compulsion to start spending money? And then once you recognize that, you can ask your helping team to find other ways of dealing with those feelings and find other ways of avoiding those situations and those people, places, and things that create the problem. Mm-hmm. One of the feelings that I think is that leaves people particularly vulnerable is the feeling of inadequacy. When, when somebody has a sense of they're not good enough for the circumstance or the relationship or some situation, spending fixes a feeling of inadequacy really pretty quickly. If I can go in there and I can just go put down a credit card and walk out with this new suit and great shoes, um, then suddenly I feel like everybody's thinking, what a big shot, you know? Um, so that one, I think, is a particular vulnerable one that people in in um, in dysfunctional families, people in addiction, probably relate to pretty regularly. And then to the gift buying in that same vein, where I don't have the money, but I'm going to buy this big gift so that everybody will love me or think how much I love them or I'll be the, the favorite aunt or I'll be the, the best grandma ever because I've spent money that I probably don't have for something they probably don't want. It's, it's crazy when you say it out loud, but the feelings around it are really strong. And that gets us into trouble all the time by feeling like we've got to spend and buy in order to, to be impressive and in order to have other people think better of us. Well, and, and talking about this and talking about holidays, I mean, how many times do you go to somebody's party where 
they have just gone so far overboard to make this um, function pleasant and, and beautiful for all the guests. But in the meantime, they're, they and their family are just exhausted from it all, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they will do it at, in spite of what it's costing them, literally and figuratively. Exactly. And when you hear it phrased the way you just did, I think probably many, many people relate to it because I think that's a common feeling related to Christmas shopping um, that that you go to meetings and you get support for not getting into. But now it's it's happening, I think, starting with Halloween and moving forward. Right. Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and all of the myriad of holidays that happen in the next three months, there's a lot of spending, there's a lot of eating, there's a lot of drinking, there's a lot of addictive, uh, potential addictive behavior that can be really amplified and put on steroids. And this is it a is. time it's people have to be really careful. Because of all the triggers, it's, and, and not only that, it's it's coming together with with people you may like or dislike but have to be around because it's expected um and i think that's one of the things you know these expectations they they can get in there and really have a problem with holidays well and holiday parties have a tendency to bring all these different people together and there are people that you might really like for one-on-one, you know, dealing with an issue, but you don't necessarily want to share them with everybody. And suddenly at a party, you've got to deal with everybody knowing everyone. <laughs> exactly. So be gentle with yourself. Put expectations into proper perspective. Expectations or resentments waiting to happen. Always remember that. And take care of yourself during the holiday season. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on Detailing Addiction. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com.